The following podcast is a member of the Pokecasters Network. Pokecasters Network, supporting Pokemon content creators, their shows, and the community of Pokemon fans. To find out more, check out pokecastersnetwork.com or find us on Twitter and Facebook. Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 55 of the Pokemon Snapshot. How are you doing tonight, Josh? I can barely move because I ate so much food over the past three days, Jeff. I know. it. Th- for those of you who are not in the United States, we just had our Thanksgiving celebration, and which means us Americans just sit down with our families or our friends and just eat a ton of food. And when we mean a ton of food, we mean a ton of food. Like a metric ton of food. A metric ton, yes. We, we, <laughs> so Josh and I, we had to both roll into our chairs tonight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. I, we made probably like enough food for probably 30 people, and there were five of us. <laughs> and I was, and I, and I was the fattest person there, and I'm like, not really fat. Uh, so I kind of have a funny story about that. So, well, for the weeks leading up, my uh, my mother-in-law was going around, you know, saying we need to get a turkey. There's going to be a turkey shortage. So, like, three weeks ago, we bought the turkey. She had mm-hmm. us put it in our freezer. The next right. week, she saw another turkey, and she bought one <laughs> and put it in right. our freezer. And then she bought a third turkey, and I looked at her, and I'm like, <laughs> you said there's a turkey shortage. I think you're causing the turkey shortage. <laughs> It's it's like uh it's like a couple months ago when they thought there was gonna be like a huge gas sh- shortage and people were like filling up Walmart bags with gas because they thought it was gonna run out. I guess I didn't hear about that. I guess we that didn't. Uh, it was it was it was a southern thing. Okay, I believe. And when and when we panic buy, we panic buy. <laughs> so Josh, what have you been doing on your Thanksgiving break? Dude, I've had the entire week off and it has been glorious. Um and like every time I have a break, like a, a significant break in school, I'm reminded that I am definitely not one of those people who always has to be doing stuff. Like my wife always has to have like something that keeps her busy or like she like likes working and, and all that, and I just basically revert back to high school where I stay up until like 3 in the morning and sleep till noon and like don't do anything significant other than play video games and watch TV. Um, and I could, I could do that forever and not work and be content as long as the bills got paid. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm the exact same way. I always said, you know, I love my job, but if I, if someone could pay me to not do it, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I started mass effect and I really liked it, but I pretty quickly realized it's a game that I'm going to need to like, commit a significant amount of time to and i don't have that so i'm gonna save that one for the summer um i also bought guardians of the galaxy and death loop and i haven't started either one of those since they were on sale for cheap but i did buy hades and i i bought it because it was on sale in the eShop for like 17 bucks and i was like well people talk about how great this game is so i'm gonna give it a try um and i got it the same day that the first two episodes of hawkeye came out and i put I watched uh, the first episode of Hawkeye while um, while it downloaded, and then I was like, well, I'll probably do like a run or two, because I kind of knew generally how Hades works, 
because uh, it's like you go on a run and you try to collect as much stuff as you can but then when you die you go back to the beginning and you have to start over and it sounds really boring uh, but I was like, I'll play for like 30 minutes or so and then watch the second episode of Hawkeye. And then like four hours later, I was still playing Hades because it, <laughs> it was just like Im- immediately addicting. Um, and so I've, I've played the crap out of that. Like, I don't know how many hours I put into it, probably eight to 10 hours so far. Um, but it's very fun. I did not expect to like it as much as I do. So, and it's more of a roguelite with a T, not a roguelike, right? I I'm, you're gonna have to tell me the difference so a roguelike is you die you lose everything except the knowledge with what you have a roguelite mm-hmm. is you still keep some of your powers when you die and some of your stuff you get to keep like the stuff that you collect like keys and stuff like that um you use keys to unlock like weapons and stuff like that and different um abilities you keep that but you don't keep like money and stuff like that okay but yeah no it's it's um it's a lot of fun, and then once you reach, like, if you get to a certain point, um, as you go through it, um, like, you get better and better, and you get better upgrades and stuff like that, so, like, the the chambers are like a breeze, and then you get to boss fights, and then once you reach a certain point, that will progress the story, but the story kind of gets progressed, like, every time you do something significant, and they change up, um, like, some of the dynamics that get added frequently enough that it doesn't really get boring either. Okay, yeah. So it's really cool. You are definitely uh, making me want to play this game, though. I am told I'm not allowed to buy any video games till after Christmas because my wife says I'm getting some, and so I she doesn't want me to accidentally buy what she's getting me. Well, it's on Game Pass, so you can just play it on Game Pass. I can just play on Game Pass too, but maybe she got it for me for the Switch, and then I'd have to restart. You never know. Yeah, because it does have crossplay, but only uh. On PC uh, or not crossplay, cross save. Okay. Um, but only on PC, I think. So you wouldn't be able to move from Xbox to Switch or whatever. Um, and I also watched. What all did I watch? I watched the three-part Beatles documentary on Disney Plus. Which, if you're a Beatles fan or a music fan, is like you've got to watch it because Peter Jackson, who the Lord, I've said before, the Lord of the Rings movies are my favorite movies ever. But like the projects he's been doing pretty recently has been taking really old footage. Um, and remastering it. So he remastered a bunch of World War One footage called uh, They Shall Not Grow Old, and I have not watched that, but I plan to at some point. But it's like there were 60 hours of footage from um, the Beatles. They were It was like two months after they put out the White Album. So it, was, uh, it takes place in January, over 22 days in January of 1969. Um, and so you can see them working on songs that ended up on the Abbey Road album, which is my favorite Beatles album, and then Let It Be. Um, and, like, it's it's literally like you're in the studio because they filmed everything for it. And the three parts total are, like, eight hours. And what's really funny is that, like, a lot of it is just them being goobers and, like, messing around in the studio. Um, so you get, like, a super intimate look at, like, the dynamic between them. Um, and then it ends, like, it all builds up to the rooftop concert, um, that became legendary, that they played on the roof of, like, their recording studio, just randomly, on January 30th, 1969, um, and that's, like, uh, and that was the last time they ever played live together, so it was, like, very, very interesting, and my favorite part is that 
like because I like like I've I've been a musician. I've I've written things and stuff like that. So for any creative person, uh, it's very very interesting and inspiring to watch like some of the greatest artists, some of the greatest songwriters and musicians, and probably like probably like the most popular band of all time, like really really struggle with like creative block because like they struggle a lot to like get the songs right and to really come up with anything uh especially at the beginning and it's super interesting and even inspiring to know that like the greatest band of all time struggle sometimes with like writer's block that that is really good like even you know i know like doing this show we work more off of a script of you know you write Mm -hmm. of something that's already out there but sometimes i know just going through the script i'm like well man that josh has a lot of text here i go i need to think of something even that's hard sometimes so i so it's great knowing that even some of the big people out there have that issue as well yeah it's it's very interesting and if 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 you're not a Beatles fan, if you're not really into them, like you might not like it because it is pretty long. Peter Jackson is not known for brevity, <laughs> but he had like 60 hours to work with and he whittled it down to eight, but it is like a very intimate look and it's like you're in um, it's like you're in the studio with him. And it's also really funny having been in bands before and knowing like when you get together to practice like a solid 70% of the time you're not actually practicing you're just like goofing off together and that's exactly what the Beatles did too um which is really really funny well even like you know even like tonight we had we were just talking and talking I'm like okay Josh we need to get recording <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. um and also so far up until now Disney Plus has had like a no basically like a no f-word policy and uh Peter Jackson and Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr all talk to the Disney executives, so it's, like, completely uncensored. There's, like, no censorship at all on it, so that you get, like, exactly what it was like okay, that, at the time. That's cool, especially... Now, for those of you who are not in the United States, you may think, because I don't know if you know this, Josh, but Disney Plus is way different in europe and yeah. other places yeah like all the all the stuff that's on hulu here is on disney yeah plus and other so places. they get disney plus star and so they can watch like die hard and walking dead and yeah. all that yeah we are we are a much more conservative well as far as that kind of thing i, I think it also has to United do States. with disney wants to is trying to pretty much get Comcast to let them buy them out of Hulu so they can put everything on Disney Plus, but Comcast is just kind of mm-hmm. holding itself. But this is not a Disney uh, Plus podcast, so we won't go deep into yeah. this. Uh, but that does sound exciting. I mean, I may check it out. I'm not a fan of like music, the Beatles, but I am a fan of documentaries. Mm-hmm. Right. It's 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 literally just other than like some text that comes up. It's it's just footage. Like there's not. Like it, I don't know. I would suggest it to anybody. If it may be a little long, you might want to fast forward through some parts, but it's still great. Does it have a narrator then, or it's just footage? No, it's just footage. Oh. There's like some te- it's some text that will come up, but it's it's just footage. Okay, so it's not even like someone's going. So in this day, so it was originally like the it. So the reason the footage was taken was because they were doing a documentary. Um. Uh, at the time and it came out as uh the film titled let it be and i have not seen that um but that was like the thing that drove like the narrative of yoko ono like breaking up the beatles and stuff like that and it's very clear watching it that all yoko ono did was like sit there the entire time (laughs) like there were a couple times where she would like get on the microphone and like screech but she definitely at least to my eyes did not 
contribute in any way to their breakup. They were already headed for that. Um, but the the overall tone of it is a positive one. Um, they're definitely there's definitely like some drama and some arguments and stuff like that. But overall, it's like it's a pretty positive, like uplifting tone of the whole thing. All right, like they are obvious. They are obviously having fun. Um, and then I also watched the first episode of Hawkeye. I never got back to the second one because I've been playing Hades. And then if you have not watched Arcane on Netflix, you need to go watch Arcane. Arcane is awesome. It's animated and it's awesome. It's, and that's all I'll say. It's I'll be, based I'll off of done. a character from League of Legends. But even I've never, I don't know anything about League of Legends except one of our kids uh, from when we taught was like obsessed with League of Legends. Jason. You remember Jason? No, I don't. You didn't have Jason? Okay. Well, Jason was obsessed with uh, League of Legends, and I've never played it, but the show's awesome, so take that for what you will. But enough of what I've done over the past week. There was a lot to catch up on, because I've done nothing but play video games and watch And it's been two weeks, so... uh, And usually (laughs) it's what I've done, because you're tired and Uh don't have time. But, uh, so this week, Josh has actually done more than me or these last two weeks. Uh, I have of course been playing Pokemon shining Pearl. I have two gym badges. I'm on my way to the third. It's a Pokemon game. I really don't know if there's much else to say there. Um, it does seem kind of easy, but I'm not complaining. I'm Mm -hmm. having fun. I'm having fun killing mine as when I went to a retro game store, as this, I heard this lady say, I'm having fun with my Pokemans. (laughs) <laughs> classic old people I, my my father-in-law calls it that because my daughter will watch pokemon on netflix at their house and mm-hmm. it just crack it crack, cracks me up and the fact that she said that she comes in and goes do you have the the gray pokemon switch light <laughs> classic uh but besides that i these last few days i haven't I've been playing Pokemon Shiny Pearl a bit, but I got into a rabbit hole. So I watch a lot of YouTube and, and my wife and I watch a lot of YouTube channels together. And so my like homepage of YouTube can be a very eclectic mix between Mm -hmm. what I've watched, what my daughter likes. She used to watch Ryan's world. She doesn't really anymore, but she did. And then what I watch. And so it said something you may like, and it was, a Nickelodeon documentary on the Kids' Choice Awards. Hmm. And so I'm like, yeah, I'll throw this on. I watched the Kids' Choice Awards when I was younger. And I liked the, uh, like how the person presented it and everything. He was going year by year. In fact, part two dropped today and I watched it. Well, I found out it's part of a series this guy does called Knickknacks, where he is chronologically going through the Nickelodeon archives of every show that's ever on Nickelodeon. Wow. It's really interesting. I mean, some shows... So Nickelodeon got its start in 1979, so it's just over... At the time, I think he started in 2017, so it was almost 40 years old. It's now... Which is insanity. Yeah, it's now over 40 years old, and, you know, (laughs) I always thought, like, the heyday of Nickelodeon was definitely the 90s, which I think it was, but I didn't Mm -hmm. realize how much before that Nickelodeon went. Yeah. Uh, I was actually watching some episodes before he got on, and I'll give you a little... Taste of some of the episodes. Give me a little taste. That I think because I've, be... I've tasted a, I've tasted a lot of things this weekend, but this sounds like <laughs> it'll taste good too. Uh, something that you may be interested in. So, it was talking about the show called Pop Clips, which mm-hmm. was a test market for what would eventually become MTV. Ah. Oh. 
Interesting. Uh, because Time Warner owned both Nickelodeon. They wanted to make what they called music television. So they're like, well, let's test it out. Let's put a 30-minute show, because back then Nickelodeon had no commercials. Uh, let's put mm-hmm. a 30-minute show on Nickelodeon of music videos hmm. and see how it does. And then it did well enough that they created MTV. A whole channel. That's crazy. Yeah. So MTV got its start on Nickelodeon. But no, I'm like I'm. I've watched maybe about ten episodes, and they range. Um, it looks like they range anywhere from ten minutes to some have been almost an hour. Um, right. I've been going through the list when they get to like Double Dare. That whole episode's an hour and a half, and I can't wait because I love Double Dare. Yeah, I, I love Double Dare too. So, Mark Summers is the man. Yes. So yeah, I've just been binging it, which I found out on another episode that Mark Summers used to be a. Um, magician. I could see that for sure. Did you ever watch Kablam? I did, and I can't wait till they get to that episode either. That was such a great show. I love that show. So yeah, so I'm probably not gonna be watching a lot of actual TV. I mean, it's hard to say. YouTube, I feel like, is there a such thing as actual TV anymore? No, it's crossed over. It's, I mean, if it's on the internet and you can watch it, it's basically a show. Yeah, it doesn't matter. So. So I started, you know, as I said, with the Kids' Choice Awards episode, and I went back to the beginning episodes. I think I'm going to watch the new episodes when they come, but I'm mm-hmm. also going to be working my way up to eventually I'll just be having to watch the new episodes um, because I think I came in at the perfect time for this show because the Kids' Choice Award was 1988, which means they're going into 1989, which means they're really close to getting to the 90s and all the shows I watched growing up. Yep. I mean, of course, yep. they, Double Dare was mid eighty, so there's already the Double Dare episode and stuff. And I think it's, did it start that early? Yeah, like eighty four. I didn't know that. Yeah, because I mean, I watched I watched episodes of Double Dare. Yeah, and they're even when I was a kid. They're even doing so you know Nick at Night where it does like the old shows. Mm-hmm. They're even doing episodes on every show that airs on Nick at Night. So interesting documentary series I fell into, and I think I'm gonna have a blast watching it. What's it called? Uh, knickknacks with a K. And knickknacks, that's right. Okay, cool. With a K. Cool. In front of each of the ends. So. Okay. Um, look it up. Uh, the YouTube channel though is called Pop Arena. Okay, cool. Because he has a few other things he does. Knickknacks just one of the series he does, and looks like he'll be trying to do as much as he can because he's mentioned many times that it's his full time job and he gets most of his money and stuff from Patreon. And so, look up nice. knickknacks on Pop Arena. I he he does a great job at it. So that is what I'll I have to check it out. Yeah, that is what I have been watching. So let's get into some Pokemon news. Not a lot. We've had a new game come out. Uh but speaking of that new game, a speedrunner beats Shining Pearl in under fifty one minutes. I just don't understand how you do that. It's glitches, and that's where it gets into the situation. Like, do you consider it a game beating a game with glitches actually beating the game? Mm-hmm. Which a lot of times, if you I don't know when you look at like world records, there's always a, you know with glitches or without glitches. Mm-hmm. So here I am, eight hours in, and I have two badges. <laughs> <laughs> Those kind of Pokemon games to me is just like comfort food. Like, yeah, it's pretty much the same formula every time, but it's fun yeah like you know what you're getting yeah and the article i was reading which was i know i've made fun of them in the past i think even on the show kotaku um Mm -hmm. they do make a point to saying like the person they interviewed said you know all the 
because the big thing right now is the Grand Theft Auto trilogy has all these bugs. Mm-hmm. And it's like, come on, if you want someone to figure out these bugs exist, you should hire some speedrunners to just play through the game, because that's what they're trained to do is look for bugs to exploit yeah. the game. For sure. Yep, just pay them. So, but that's it. So don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at Pokemon Snapshot, or you can send us an email at thepokemonsnapshot at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook page, so look us up there as well. Also leave us a rating on your listening app if you're choosing to, so other Pokemon fans such as yourself can find the podcast. And last week we did ask the question, what is your favorite plant? And we had no replies, so no one likes plants. Which is a which is a first for us. We this is like the only time we've never not had replies. I know. Usually, I get at least one on Twitter or one on when I post on Facebook. But I think everyone's like, "This question was stupid." Maybe everybody was probably just well in my head. I'm just gonna say everybody was preparing for Thanksgiving week. It was like maybe a, traveling, okay, so they didn't have a chance. So so Josh can go to bed tonight and with with a uh, ease. <laughs> yeah, I've already got plenty of other things to cry myself to sleep about. I don't want to add one more. All right, and something I want to mention before we get into the episode is that, and you've heard us mention it before, I do have a kid on the way, which is going to cause us a pause in our recordings. Like, it's not going to be super long because we need to figure out our recording schedule because we usually record at night, which we're not going to be able to do mm-hmm. with me having a kid. So Josh and I will figure out our recording schedule once I get back into the world. And I don't know, maybe there'll be good episodes because I'll always be tired now. More than just be loopy, no, just be loopy. <laughs> but when it does happen, I'll make sure to post something on the Twitter and the Facebook just so people know hey, it, hap- it happened. It was sound, I'm making this sound like I don't know. Uh, your, your little togepi is hatching, yes. Uh, that my kid is into has entered the world, my second one, uh, and that you know we won't have an episode for a few weeks or a couple weeks we're hoping i'm hoping it won't be too long of a break just trying to get decide figure out how we're going to do things and we will be back into things and you you know maybe we'll be lucky and it'll happen after we record an episode so it won't even be as long as a pause we won't leave you high and dry without episodes yeah so but we will keep you up to date with that it could happen any day josh so what's the what's the due date the due date is december 16th that's so close that 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 is but we are at full term now all right well just let me know you can facetime me from the delivery room (laughs) i'm just kidding (laughs) yes so all right josh let's get into today's episode uh, today's episode was titled The Case of the Canine Caper, though I do want to say Netflix had it wrongfully titled The Case of the Canine Capers. I noticed that. Did you? I had to go back. Yep, they had the S on the end. Yeah, I, uh, but not in like the episode, but like where they list the episodes. I actually had to go back into Bulbapedia to make sure I had everything written correctly. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, okay, no, it's just Netflix is wrong. I noticed it when the title card comes up, and I was like, oh, I I wrote it down wrong because I just wrote whatever Netflix had it listed as, and I was like, yeah, but I'm not going back to change it. (laughs) Did Oh, yeah, I see. You do have the S at the end of there at the top of our Mm -hmm. outline. That that dastardly S. Uh, And then in Japan, it was just called Police Dog Growlithe. Which, so unimaginative. (laughs) (laughs) For a, for 
as imaginative as these people are in creating this world and all these characters and pokemon and stuff they're really bad at naming stuff <laughs> i mean that we've had to, i'm going to say my favorite title so far from J- in japanese was chancy's clinical records <laughs> fair enough oh just wait eventually it's just like exclamation points all over the place when they title Good. them uh, I can't wait. This episode aired on July 16th, 1998 in Japan, one day before my 10th birthday. Nice. And on April 10th, 1999 in the United States. All right, Josh, let's get into the episode. This is the case of the K9K Purr, without the S. Uh, the episode begins once again with what I think is the bicycle riding music from the game. You may have to correct me on that. Um, I always like hearing recognizable music on the show. Team Ash is walking through the forest as the narrator tells us they are headed to Cinnabar Island, but there is danger lurking in these here woods. The camera cuts to Jigglypuff creeping on Team Ash, and honestly, this thing just needs to let it go, like my first college girlfriend. Uh, Suddenly, Officer Jenny begins screaming for some thief to stop. Team Ash is confused, which is par for the course, uh, certain that she is referring to Team Rocket, but instead some weird bearded man with a Glock runs past before Officer Jenny sicks her Growlithe on him. Pikachu helps out by shocking the man, but Team Ash is soon surrounded by like 10 Growlithe. Officer Jenny gets pissed that Team Ash interfered, and I hope this teaches Ash to mind his own business, but I'm sure it won't. Uh, you don't have to help every Pokemon or person that passes by because it usually just gets you in trouble, Ash. You need to learn a lesson. Uh, it turns out that the man is actually an officer who is training the K-9 unit. During this scene, I am really surprised they actually allowed an actual gun to be pictured since, you know, if we had a previous episode banned due to the use of real-life firearms. Mm-hmm. I guess because it wasn't shot, it makes it okay. You're, I guess so. You're allowed to have a gun as long as you don't shoot it. <laughs> uh, I also have a a question about the scene was team ash not paying attention and walked onto a police training grounds or are the police just being dumb and decided to practice out in the open <laughs> near a path where anyone can just wander in uh i think either either of those are equally uh, plausible like i could just see like huh there's these barbed wire fans and ash is like that's okay we'll just go over it <laughs> <laughs> It says to go this way, but what if the Growlithe thought they were there to train them and just attack some random 10-year-olds who wasn't wearing a padded suit? <laughs> that would have been a great uh, a great end to the whole show, as if the Growlithe just mauls Ash. <laughs> That'll teach these kids. <laughs> uh, Officer Jenny gives a little information about the K-9 units while Team Rocket watches from a, uh, from a nearby hill with a pair of binoculars. Um... And they reveal that their plan is to steal the entire K-9 unit. Like, dude, if you're foiled every episode by a bunch of really, really stupid kids, uh, you're definitely not going to win against the actual cops, who I'm sure are also really stupid, but they have guns. And a stupid person with a gun is, like, infinitely worse. Um, and also, did you notice how similar the little saxophone line that's playing while it's showing Team Rocket Um was to the Pink Panther theme? I don't know. I will have to go watch it back. I think it's because it's been a week since I watched this show because I watched it mm-hmm. because we prepared to record last week and then circumstances happened where we couldn't, and so it's been a mm-hmm. week since I've watched. 
So I will have to go watch this. Also, during this... Oops, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, it's a little bit slower, but unless I just completely misheard it, uh, it's very similar to the Pink Panther theme. Uh, also, during this scene, Brock just starts attempting to pet the dog, which... <laughs> always annoys me and i've said this before you do not just pet a working animal my five-year-old knows that yeah well brock is really dumb as we've established uh back at the station team ash chows down on something the cops gave them some sort of food uh misty gives ash crap about sending pikachu after an armed man and officer jenny says it's dangerous to send any pokemon after an armed opponent thank you officer jenny that's very astute I believe Misty tells Ash that he just couldn't expect Pikachu to attack. But isn't that exactly what Pete did? Like, he thundershocks the thief. Yeah, I I don't know. Ash somehow finds this revelation mind-blowing and sets his bowl and chopsticks down to contemplate the fabric of reality. Uh, He floats the idea of having Pikachu train with the Growlithe police dogs, and we may be in for one of Ash's dumbest ideas yet. Uh, while Brock is telling Ash that this is a stupid idea... Togepi nearly falls off the table, but when Pikachu goes to save it, Togepi moves and Pikachu falls off. Ash guilt trips uh, Brock, um, and Officer Jenny says Ash can bring Pikachu to the training tomorrow. So this scene does introduce the ongoing gag where Togepi gets into trouble and Pikachu is always the one to save it without the humans knowing what is going on. This is going to happen in many episodes going forward. (laughs) Um, At the... The next morning at the crowing of the Dodrio, which which made me laugh, um, Officer Jenny goes to get Ash and Pikachu out of bed. He looks at his clock and sees that it's only 4 a.m. and goes back to bed, but she blows her whistle again and forces them to wake up. As they make their way down to the training course, Officer Jenny reveals that Ash is going to have to run, too, along with Pikachu. Misty says she doesn't think Ash can handle it, which is why she's my favorite of Team <laughs> Ash. Uh, so I I was just wondering... Officer Jenny, so I guess, didn't tell him what time the training started? Say, say that part again? Officer Jenny didn't tell Ash what time the training started? I guess not. I guess it was like a, a surprise thing. Surprise? Uh, he's a lot nicer than I would have been being woken up like that at 4 a.m. Oh, yeah. She would have had some some spicy words thrown at her. <laughs> Uh, and during this scene, uh, Jenny says something about that Ash can't expect his Pokemon to do something if he doesn't do it himself, and that is why he needs a run with Pikachu. I mean, come on. If Ash did everything he expected his Pokemon to do at this point, he would be dead. Yeah. Is Ash going to electroshock all the people around him? Is Ash going to shoot fire out of his mouth? Is Ash's vines going to come out and whip people? I hope he doesn't do that last one, because that would be a little <laughs> weird. <laughs> Don't vine with people, Ash. <laughs> um, Ash and Pikachu seem to be doing pretty well when they come to a barbed wire grid that they have to crawl under. Uh, Pikachu gets its tail stuck on the barbed wire and shocks Ash. Uh, the next obstacle is a wall that they have to climb. Officer Ginny and Growlithe make it over easily, but Ash and Pikachu fail after only two attempts, so they try it twice, and then they give up. So this scene was interesting because Ash and Pikachu are like running along and they come to the barbed wire that's supposed to crawl under, but they just stop. And it's like, because Officer Jenny didn't tell them what to do. 
yeah, yeah. It's like, she gave them next to no instructions. Yeah, so it's like Officer Jenny definitely didn't want to be shown up by this 10-year-old, so she just didn't <laughs> didn't tell him what to expect in the obstacle course. So when he arrived at the barbed wire before... And mind you, he arrived there before Officer Jenny did. Mm -hmm. uh, he looks yep. confused, and then Jenny just runs past him and starts kneeling, which tells him what to do. Mm -hmm. It'd be like if I, like, walked into my classroom classroom on the first day and kids didn't know how to do like a paragraph or something i was like all right children write a paragraph and then just kick my feet up on the desk yeah that was the best comparison i could come up with <laughs> off the top of my head uh, so also during this scene i did like how Gralvich just climbs the wall like a cat yeah oh yeah it was very cat-like um, while Ash and Pikachu lick their wounds, a Volkswagen van painted to look like a Growlithe crashes through the wall of the training grounds. I'm not really sure why they took the time to paint the van. Uh, it's not like anyone uh, was going to see a 4,000-pound Growlithe with wheels and think it was real. Um, Team Rocket steps up to the top of the, va the van and begins their mantra. They are quickly surrounded by the team of Growlithe, the battalion of Growlithe. Uh, Team Rocket's plan is to train the police Growlithe to rob stores and art museums, which seems like way more trouble than just robbing those places themselves, but maybe not. Uh, Officer Jenny says that the police dogs would never break the law, which is just incredibly naive. So when you're talking about this van, I'm wondering if the Growlithe van was supposed to be a Dumb and Dumber reference. Possibly. So, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it looked, it was, looked like a dog, and... It kind of looked like it, but like a Growlithe instead of the dog they had. Though, what, this came out in 98, Dumb and Dumber was, what, 94? 94. 94, so four years. It's yeah. a little late for that kind of reference, but yeah, could be. It takes a, it takes a while to, to animate stuff, so they could have been doing it for a couple years before that, though. Who knows? Maybe. But as Team Rocket are showing up with their Dumb and Dumber-like van... Uh, it does fade to black, and so we are going to go into our Who's That Pokemon segment. Who's That Pokemon? Alright, our Who's That Pokemon for this week is Growlithe. Mm. And in Japanese, he is known as Guardy. 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 <laughs> that's, I don't know, that's funny to me. Because it, it doesn't have the U in it, like, no. like the word guard. Which would make sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, also, that's in English, so maybe they just heard the word guard and like, oh, it's close enough. And Fair. We'll get the, uh, we'll get the name origin here soon, if I would stop talking. Yeah, but I, it's not going to tell us much, but some basic information on Growlithe. It's number 58 in the Pokedex. It's a fire type in Kanto, but... In his, his, its Hisuian form, this is our first Hisuian Pokemon. It's mm -hmm. fire and rock type, uh, which this will be coming out on, I believe, January 28th this year or next year. For fun. Uh, it is two foot four inches for the Cantonian version, two foot seven inches for Hisuian. It weighs 41.9 pounds. Um, for the Cantonian and weighs 50 pounds for the Hisuian and hold on because I forgot to put something in here that changed because I know it's known as the puppy Pokemon in Kanto, but is known as the mm -hmm. scout Pokemon in Hisuian. 
Scout Pokemon. The Scout Pokemon. So I'm going to type that in there because it's going to bother me that I didn't put that in there. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing it live here. You're a fast typer. 63 words per minute. Nice. That's not... I never learned how to type. I never learned how to type properly. So I definitely don't do like the little woodpecker, like two fingers at a time, but I definitely don't do it properly either. Oh, I've always used my home row. That's, I guess, that's why I've always been such a good typer. Uh, yeah. Then Growlithe's evolution it evolves into Arcanine with a Firestone. We're unsure if there's a Hisuian Arcanine as of yet. So hopefully by the time we do an episode on Arcanine, we will know. Uh, some origins about Growlithe, his name. Growlithe may be a combination of Growl and Lith. Really? <laughs> I th- I th- so I think, that, I think that word is pronounced lithe, lithe in English. Okay. Lithe. Lithe. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Um, which means thin and graceful. Uh, I looked that up because I did not know what lithe meant. Uh, his Japanese... Engli- Engli- English major yes. over here. His Japanese name origin, Guardy, may refer to its ability as a guard dog, as a corruption of guard or guardian. Okay. Uh, What is Growlithe based off of? Growlithe may be based on Japanese statues called Shisa that resembles a mix between lions and dogs. They may also originate from Chinese Shi or Japanese Komainu which are guardian statues that also resembles lion and dog mixes. They are incorrectly called Foo Dogs in the West. Both Shisa and Shi statues alike are often found in pairs, believed to invite good luck and used as guardians, which may have inspired Growlithe's protective nature. Its stripe and coloration that are reminiscent of tigers and may also draw inspiration from dogs with brindle, tiger-striped coat patterns such as the Kai Ken, in its Hisuian form, its rock typing and appearance may be based on the Komani Kamanu statues. Uh, speaking of those statues, I used to have a set of those statues until our mutual friend broke one of them. Mm. I think you th- might have been there. I'm pretty sure I know which mutual friend you're talking yes. about. She ran into my bookshelf okay. and it yeah. fell off the bookshelf. Instead of Taking the blame, she just said, "Oh, your floor is uneven." Oh, that that sounds literally exactly like <laughs> what she would do. Uh, <laughs> I pretty never mind. We won't go too far into this, but yes, that's exactly what she would do. Yes, I, I'm. That's st- what narcissists do. Yes, I'm still a little salty because my it's actually sitting over there to my right, the single one, but yeah, it was. It's a. You're so salty. It's enough salt from. For me to use on my Thanksgiving macaroni and cheese. <laughs> but yeah, so I do have a statue of those. They are cool. and But I only have one of the pair because it was unsalvageable. All right. Because your floor was uneven. Because <laughs> my floor was uneven and, and the bookshelf wasn't in the right place. And I'm like, come on, that bookshelf has been there for at least a year by this point. <laughs> was it your your apartment's faulty construction or was it no, it was this person slamming into <laughs> slamming into the bookshelf? I wonder which one it was. <laughs> well, it wasn't even my apartment because it was when I already moved in with Jesse. Oh, well, was it the house's faulty construction or was it this person slamming into the bookshelf? I wonder. Yes. Uh so, all right, continuing on. Growlithe's biology. Growlithe is a quadrupedal canine Pokemon. It has orange fur with black stripes along its back and legs. 
the fur on its muzzle's chest, belly, and tail is beige, as in an additional tuft of fur on as is an additional tuft of fur on top of its head. Growlithe's coat is noticeably longer on its chest and tail. It has gray eyes, a black nose, and large round and triangular ears with beige interiors. Its forepaws have two visible claws, while its hindpaws have three toes each. Each paw has a brown pad. Growlithe is a friendly and loyal Pokemon that will fearlessly defend its trainer and territory from harm, even against larger, stronger enemies. In particular, it has been known to fight with Rockruff over territory. It will fiercely bark at, bite, and chase away any perceived threat. Otherwise, this obedient Pokemon will wait motionlessly until given an order. It has a long history with people as its bones have been found in Stone Age ruins. In the wild, Growlithe can be commonly found in grassy plains. I love Growlithe, dude. Growlithe is one of my favorites. I just, the part where it talks about how fiercely loyal it is, it's like, yeah, this is why dogs it, it, are awesome. Yes, this is why dogs are great. And uh, I do like how it says it was bones have been found in Stone Age ruins because it kind of goes with the fact with the Hisuian region now becoming a thing and how it's supposed to be mm-hmm. the older version of Sinnoh. Like, a Hisuian Growlithe doesn't exist anymore. Right. So, that's kind of cool. Uh, continuing yeah. on, it says, Growlithe also has a powerful olfactory sense. If it detects an unknown smell in its territory, it roars to flush out the intruder. It can smell the emotions of others and never forgets a scent. However, strong, unpleasant smells can disable Growlithe's sense of smell for short periods as seen in the anime. Hmm. In Hisui, Growlithe's fur is dark orange-red while its main muzzle and tail are light gray. Its mane covers its eyes and extends below its head. Ending with ending with three curls. Its ears are round with and square with light orange red interiors. It has a small horn on its head and its tail is curly. A Hisuian Growlithe soft and insulated fur allows it to survive the cold weather of Hisui. Growlithe rarely uses its horns unless needed due to it being easily broken. A pair of Hisuian Growlithe are known to be vigilant when guarding territory. A Growlithe in that region takes much longer to bond with humans because it lived apart from humans for many years. Alright, going into some Pokedex entries. Red and Blue says it's very protective of its territory. It will bark and bite to repel intruders from its space. Uh, Pokemon Yellow says a Pokemon with a friendly nature. However, it will bark fiercely at anything invading its territory. Gold says it has a brave and trustworthy nature. It fiercely stands up to bigger and stronger foes. Silver says extremely loyal. It will fearlessly bark at any opponent to protect its own trainer from harm. Pokemon Crystal says it controls a big territory. If it detects an unknown smell, it roars loudly to force out the intruder. So I like how it doesn't bark, it roars. I was about to say, like, does it roar? This is not a dinosaur. (laughs) Or, or a lion. Or a lion. <laughs> it's, it's based off of a dog. Yeah. Uh, Ruby and Sapphire says, Growlithe has superb sense of smell. Once it smells anything, this Pokemon won't forget the scent. No matter what, it uses its advanced olfactory sense to determine the emotions of other living beings. I hope that, like, my dogs have the ability to forget sense because they've been like between my legs sleeping and I've just farted all over them. <laughs> so, 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 so I hope that they can forget sense because I mean, that's gotta be a terrible life. If you can't forget that. <laughs> uh, Pokemon sun says 
It's both clever and loyal, but if a stranger tries to invade its territory, it barks threateningly. Pokemon Moon says it looks cute, but when you approach another trainer's Growlithe, it will bark at you and bite. Which, Brock, take note. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ultra Sun says while it's quite friendly towards humans, once it's grown used to them in the wild, it must be quite fierce to defend its territory from Rockruff. And then Ultra Moon says it has lived alongside humans since ages ago. Its bones have been found in excavations of ruins from the Stone Age. What is Rockruff? A uh, Rockruff is a Pokemon, I believe, from Sun and Moon. Okay, cool. Uh, evolves into Lichen Rock. So, it's a cute Pokemon. It's a cute, another cute dog Pokemon. So you'd probably like that one too. Okay. Maybe one day. Why you finish it? Maybe one day we'll get there. Um. Some trivia about Growlithe. The beta Pokemon names in red and blue listed Growlithe as Flamey. Which is... Uh, I'm glad they changed I'm it. I'm glad they changed it too. That's a horrible name. Yeah. Growlithe sounds like both cute and like fierce. Flamey just sounds like like a little fire that's going to go out. It's like the <laughs> embers at the end of the campfire. Oh, look at the little Flamey. That's <laughs> exactly what it is. <laughs> All right. That is our Who's That Pokemon segment on Growlithe. Who's That Pokemon? Um, so before we get back into it, while you were going over all the uh uh who's that Pokemon for Growlithe, I just remembered that that uh James has a Growlithe, like just chilling at his house, like in his like mini mansion. Oh yeah, that is right. And he calls it Growly. I it's like, dude, why are you just gonna leave it there? You have an awesome dog. And he's trying to steal other Growlithe. Why don't you just train your own Growlithe to do that? Yeah. Moron. (laughs) Um Team (laughs) Team Rocket sprays the Growlithe with some file plume powder, which causes them to not be able to use their noses to guide. Um, I guess because they can't smell like it said in Who's That Pokemon? Yep. Then Team Team Rocket hits them with some spray from a canister with Psyduck's face on it, and I do not want to know what that spray is or how they obtained it. Um, the spray turns out to basically be helium. Um, as everyone's voice gets really high and squeaky, which is pretty funny. Um, and since Officer Jenny's voice doesn't sound like her, the Growlithe are unable to understand her commands. So, the scent they actually used was a gloom scent, which I believe is a reference to the essence of gloom that they stole from the Celadon gem. This was before you got on with us. Um, also, I'm glad you mentioned the picture of the Psyduck, because the reason that the canister has a picture of Psyduck is that the Japanese voice for Psyduck has a high-pitched voice. Oh, okay. I'm really curious why they didn't just edit it out because they've done that many things. You know, they've a lot of like when I'm going through the dub edits, most of it's just, mm-hmm. oh, they erase this kanji and put this. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why they just didn't edit out the picture of side up because the joke does not make sense in English. I thought it was going to be some spray that caused confusion and caused the Growlithe to attack Team Ash and Officer Jenny. Nope, it's just because Psyduck has a high-pitched voice in Jap- Japanese, and... Well, that, that doesn't make any sense, at least. Not an American. Um, that was a joke, too. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Team Rocket ch- changes into Officer, J- or rather Jesse and James change into Officer Jenny costumes, complete with James having boobs, uh, and a megaphone that changes their voice into Officer Jenny's. They have all the Growlers tie up Officer Jenny. When Team Ash tries to stop them, they are surrounded by the Growlith, only to realize that they had left all of their Pokeballs back in the bunk room. So while they are changing, you can clearly here and i had a i went back and watched it a second night and make sure i heard this correctly <laughs> james says give me those pumps <laughs> <laughs> and no. i'm really wondering if he's talking about shoes because in officer jenny's debut episode tyler and i made fun of her for wearing high heels uh-huh. Well, being a police officer, like it's very like it's just wouldn't work uh or yeah. did he want the pumps to pump up his breasts <laughs> but it it could have been either or or both <laughs> both definitely i'm guessing it's the shoe since we have already had a band episode two to james inflatable breasts wait was i there for that you were not there for that no okay i was like i would never forget james's inflatable boobs no it was uh it was before you got on uh so the Growlithe also only listen to Jenny because they recognize their voice. I feel like my dog explicitly ignores me because he hears my voice. <laughs> That's exactly what some of mine do. It's like, oh, he's telling me to do it. Yeah, I'm definitely not doing that. <laughs> I'm definitely not coming inside. I'm definitely not going to stop eating poop. Uh, speaking of not coming inside, this is going on a tangent about my dog, but it fits because it's a dog episode. My pug, I don't will let him outside. He's always the last to come in because he will he, he'll like he'll go, he'll pee, then you have to pee somewhere else and then the other two will come in and he'll be out in the yard and he'll just look at you. <laughs> sit there for a little bit and then go back to sniffing around, going to pee and then when he finally does come back, he takes the long way around and walks as slow as he can. <laughs> just like you know what you're doing. Yeah, he has. He knows exactly what he's doing. Uh, that Natsu. That's so Natsu. Um, before the Growlithe can attack, Pikachu's lightning bolt comes down out of the sky like Zeus. Meowth says that they can steal Pikachu too, and Jesse turns the control knob on the megaphone to a picture of Ash. Uh, donning his signature hat and his voice, Jesse tells and Ash's voice, Jesse tells Pikachu to get in the van with the Growlithe. Once again, Team Rocket has developed amazing technology uh, that they could just stop being criminals and sell legally uh, if they just knew how to market it. <laughs> like, that would sell for bajillions of dollars. Yeah, I mean, and we'll see many episodes down the line where they actually do something that can make them money, and then they just, like, oh, we gotta be bad again. No. Uh, during this whole scene, I'm just imagining, with all the Growlithe obeying Team Rocket, how much Team Rocket could just mess up Team Ash with those Growlithe under their command. Oh, yeah. Like, maul them. Yeah. <laughs> Destroy them. Eat them. Um, Pikachu realizes that Ash is his real owner, and Brock says something cheesy about them knowing what's in each other's hearts, and I threw up in my mouth a little bit. Um, when Jesse, as Jenny, sends the Growlithe after Team Ash, Pikachu sh- shocks them like a million times until it becomes uh, too dizzy from using too much electricity. So... That line from Brock, it actually did make me realize that. It means that Growlithe realized that Officer Jenny doesn't actually care about them, and she's just doing her job. Yeah, exactly. She's like, I don't care about these Growlithe. <laughs> They're a means to an end for her. Um, before the battle is over, the scene goes dark, except for the spotlight 
uh, on Jigglypuff as it takes center stage out of nowhere and sings like one line of its song before walking away. I have no idea what that was about. Yeah, this <laughs> this was the most random scene of the show so far. I don't know if it was to show the viewers that Jigglypuff was still following Team Ash. Mm-hmm. Like, I, when I saw Jigglypuff, I go, oh, I was expecting Jigglypuff to start singing and putting all the Growlithe to sleep. Yeah, but we already knew it was following Team Ash because they showed it in, like, the first scene when they were in the forest. Yeah, and so, so... And I'll be honest, I didn't remember how this episode ended when I first started watching. They showed Jigglypuff at the beginning. I'm like, oh, Jigglypuff is just going to be the deus ex machina of this episode. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But, but no, it doesn't even do its job. It doesn't even put anybody to no. sleep. It sings one line and then walks off. I don't know. Uh, Growlithe goes after... Um, or th- all of the Growlithe go after Officer Jenny. Or, I'm sorry, one of the Growlithe goes after Officer Jenny and bites her hand. But after it recognizes her smell or her taste or something, it begins to lick her and she pets it. Um, sometimes I wish my dogs didn't recognize who I was so they would just leave me alone. Uh, because some of them are so needy. Um, so I have this one dog named Josie Josephine. And she's the youngest out of all of them. And so she like acts basically. I mean she's older than this now. But she still basically acts like a middle schooler. Where she <laughs> knows. She knows something is wrong. But she does it anyway. But <laughs> she's by far the funniest dog I've ever had. And low key she's my second favorite after Layla. Who's the one I've had the longest. Um, because she's so funny, but she's so stupid. Like, one of the funniest things she does is we have a bunch of blankets for the dogs on um, our couch. And so they can just, like, go burrow under them and, like, so they, they're warm or whatever. <laughs> but but Jessie, uh, Josie's, like, a whippet mix. And she's got really long legs. And for some reason, she's not good at burrow, <laughs> burrowing up under the blankets. So she'll end up, like, knocking them off the couch. Or she'll, like, end up on the other side of it, not, like, she'll go straight up under the blanket and end up on the other side, not covered up. <laughs> and so she'll give it, like, one try. <laughs> and then and then she'll sit on the couch and face me when I'm sitting in my chair and just stare at me, like, into my soul until I get up out of my chair and go cover her up in the blanket. <laughs> so she's basically trained me to cover her up in the blanket. So maybe I'm the really stupid one, but like it without fail, she will stare at me for like, for like as long as it takes for me to get off, get out of my chair and go cover her up. Yeah. (laughs) That's, that's a great story. Uh, I completely understand what you mean about needy dogs. My, my dogs always need something right when I sit down. It's like, (laughs) yes, uh, they could care less while I'm up and doing something like I'm walking to Kyrie's room or I'm walking to the kitchen, which is where the back door is. But as mm-hmm. soon as I sit down, they went outside. <laughs> and That sounds exactly right. I And I don't know why Natsu does this now. Natsu is my dog and he knows he's my dog, which I think is why he does this. Um, so I'll be sitting up and we have like electric couches. Um, and so I'll be sitting on my side of the couch. And you'll hear Natsu and he'll just start whining. And it usually means he wants <laughs> up on my lap or he wants between mm-hmm. Jesse and I. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I'll put the feet down because it's not like I can just click the feet. You have to wait for it to go down. And then <laughs> and then I'll reach for him to help him up because he can't mm-hmm. jump very well. 
but then he'll walk away from me and sit over on the other side of the room. <laughs> and I have to get up and go get him because otherwise he'll just be back there whining. That's that's such a Nazi thing. Yeah. And then it's really funny. We've started this new thing. We call it the elevator because he so usually it happened and I'm like this. So I just grab him by his collar and I just kind of hoist him up onto my lap. Mm-hmm. But Jesse yep. can't because she's pregnant. He's too heavy for her to lift. Um, so she started the thing. We call it the elevator now. So we'll put the foot about three quarters of the way down, and then he'll put his front paws up, and then he rides <laughs> the elevator up. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Uh, one more dog story for me. Uh, we have <clears throat> this little Chihuahua whose name is Merlin. And when we got him, like, a little over a year ago, I guess two years ago, he was, like, 10. So he was an already an elderly dog. Um, and so now he's 12. He has one eye and three teeth because, like, he had been in the shelter. And, like, his eye just got, basically died. So we had that taken out. And then all of his teeth rotted out. So we took all of those out. And he's just, he's, like, quintessential grumpy old man. But he's also, like, a I'm trying to think of words that are family friendly. He he's just such a turd. Like he always tries to get the other dogs going. He's always grumpy. He always barks. And uh when I'm not home, uh he will like and Chelsea's trying to just like relax in the chair and watch TV and stuff. He will always get down and like and get the other dogs going. And so she puts him in his crate, but when he's in his crate, she can see him. So he barks until she lets him out, and then it starts the whole process over. So finally, after like two years, she finally realized that she can put the bl- like put a blanket over his crate so he can't see her, and then he's fine. He'll just chill in the crate. He's like a but parrot. Now, yes, but now, like after like two months of that, he's finally figured out that he can like stick his paws through through the uh crate and pull the blanket down pull the blanket off pull the blanket off so he can see and so we like have nothing like we have no defenses against this this devil dog <laughs> uh i mean and he's super sweet but he eats just like tons and tons of poop so like like if you ever come over to my house don't let this dog lick you and I guess for everybody else out there, if you ever somehow find yourself in my house, don't let this dog lick <laughs> Do not let this dog lick you. Uh-huh. So, sorry. I know we're all going on a lot of these dog changes, but it fits with the episode this week. Uh, yeah. My dogs eat poop, too, but um, we could always tell whose poop it was, depending on if Natsu was eating it. Ugh. Because Natsu would eat Anim's poop, Mm-hmm. But he wouldn't eat his own poop. And would eat his poop or Natsu's poop. So Natsu at least had standards. <laughs> I mean, we're at the bottom of the barrel when we're talking about whose poop you will and will not eat. Okay, let's continue on with the episode. Because <laughs> I could tell a lot of poop eating stories. Um, but we won't we won't get into that tonight. After Team Rocket clicks through each of the uh, the other voices that they have on their megaphone, uh, they end up only sounding like each other, and the Growlithe go after them. Like, why would you add your own voices to the megaphone? <laughs> like, that doesn't make any sense. It's just you're setting yourself up for failure. 
Uh, Meowth cranks the Dumb and Dumber van and speeds off just as a few Growlithe chase after Team Rocket. Epic music plays as the Growlithe return to Officer Jenny. Uh, Ash has realized that Pikachu doesn't need to be a cop to be a good Pokemon, and Brock has discovered that those megaphones can help him imagine that Officer Jenny will ever be interested in him. Misty calls him pathetic, which Officer Jenny finds hilarious. So this scene is actually one of the few scenes where I thought it was hilarious of Brock trying to pick up a girl. It was more funny mm-hmm. than creepy. He picks up the mm-hmm. megaphone, and all of a sudden you just hear Officer Jenny voice go something like, Oh, Brock, you're so handsome. I just want to be with you forever. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely played for laughs. It wasn't super creepy. And he was he was the butt of the joke. Yes. So. Um, as they continue their way to Cinnabar Island, Jigglypuff finds the megaphone Brock littered. He just like threw it on the ground and gives a sly smile. And that is where the episode ends. All right. So what are your thoughts on this week's episode? So I actually really like this episode. It was definitely a filler episode because I love when they're like, uh, Team Ash is headed to Cinnabar Island and then they don't make it to Cinnabar Island. They just like have a pit stop on the way to Cinnabar Island. But as far as filler episodes go, I definitely like this one. It's probably in the the upper half of my favorite episodes that I've watched. I'll be honest, as I said, during the first season, I can see a title of an episode and know what the episode is. I like this episode more than I remembered. I thought it was just going to be a boring filler episode, but and I think it has to do with us having to sit down and actually analyze the episodes instead mm-hmm. of just watching because I think if I was just watching, I knowing that it's just a filler episode, I wouldn't pay attention as much. Right. I th- I thought that oh my bad go ahead oh no I'm just saying so I really enjoyed it I like the um Team Rockets van that was interesting and yeah. I th- I thought their whole plot to dress like Officer Jenny and spray everyone with the helium gas to make their voices higher and then use the megaphone to change their voices was just hilarious yeah it was like that's <laughs> the dumbest plot ever but it's it's one of those things that's so stupid that it's clever yeah it, um, it was peak Team Rocket dumbness stupidity uh, yeah it was Dumb- it was hilarious yeah. uh but so our question for this week josh i have and it is what is your favorite type of dog i know it's hard you have like seven uh <laughs> i'll i'll go first and i mean it's a no-brainer i've i have a pug and that is my favorite type of dog i mm-hmm. i watch i like looking at any pug if you have a pug i'm petting it <laughs> <laughs> it's just, your dog is gonna get pet yes um, I think instead of answering the question, because I don't really have a specific favorite type, because all of our dogs are rescue dogs, so I'm gonna give you a brief down, a uh, brief rundown of all seven of my dogs, okay. starting from largest and starting from largest and going to smallest. Um, so the largest is Layla, who was my dog um, before Chelsea and I got married. Uh, Layla actually got diagnosed with cancer um several months ago and this wednesday is her third uh, round of chemo so that's been pretty tough but she's doing pretty well all things considered um and i'm honestly surprised i made through made it through that explanation without like breaking down in tears um but yeah layla's a big white she's like a 70 pound like lab great pyrenees mix and she's like the dumbest dog on the face of the earth but she's also the sweetest uh then we have marge who is a hound she's like 40 pounds um she's like uh uh she's like a soldier or something like her her whole duty is to guard the house from like the terrible scourge of squirrels that we have in our backyard um and she's definitely run down pretty much every type of creature that could get into the backyard um 
but we have deer that will go like near our house and i just hope one of them never get in because i don't know who would win between her and a deer (laughs) um then we have josie so this is how quickly we go from a 70 pound dog to a little dog josie is the one i mentioned earlier with the blankets um she's like 15 pounds um she's probably my second favorite out of all of them just because she's so funny um but she's got really long legs uh, and she she looks like a whippet mixed with i don't know something else but she's really funny then we have ruger ruger is the only one who technically wasn't a rescue dog from a shelter um because i've mentioned on here before my wife is a veterinarian um and uh some old people came into her clinic one day this is probably three years ago and they were like oh we we're going into a home and we can't take care of this dog anymore um do you know anybody that'll take him and chelsea was like yes i do um and brought him home and i knew about it before she didn't bring him without consulting me uh but he acts exactly like he was raised by a bunch of old people um like he is the biggest baby on the face of the earth he's a little uh he's like he's a uh chihuahua wiener dog mix but he's closer to a wiener dog than he is a chihuahua then we have paisley we call her sue paisley sue that was the dog that my um the very first dog my wife ever adopted on her own um paisley was like abused really badly when she was a puppy and so she hates men like all men except for chelsea's dad and like even me, like if I get like if I go to give Chelsea a kiss goodnight, Paisley will still go after me. Or if I like grit my teeth and talk like this, Paisley will go after me. Um, but when she's not hating me and the rest of the world, she's really sweet. Um, then Barbara is probably the cutest dog ever. Um, she's a little chewy, and she's just like a diva. Like she just wants all eyes on her all the time. But the funniest thing about Barbara is that she will howl. Uh, like, if you make a howling noise, she will, like, match your pitch and everything. Like, she's a hound or something. And then finally, there's Merlin, who I've I've described earlier, who's the one-eyed, three-eyed, uh, or three-teeth wonder. And I, I call three-eyed, it his... Three-eyed, that'd be ca- even more amazing. <laughs> one-eyed, three-teeth dog. Uh, and his cowboy name is One-Eyed Merle. One-Eyed Merle. Uh, yeah. I still can't believe he has seven dogs. You used to make fun of me for having three. Yeah, but then I married a veterinarian and things changed. Uh, we we will never have this many dogs ever, though. We've both agreed that four is going to be our limit once these start dying off. See, Jesse and I can't agree right now. I think two. She likes three. I'm like, I don't know. I want to... I think two is perfect, but I guess since you ran down your dogs, let me run down my dogs real quick, since there's only three of them. Yeah. Go for we it. have our oldest, Claudia, and she's just neurotic. Like, she is scared of her own shadow, and as soon as she gets scared, she just pees. Like, if you... <laughs> I love I love Claudia. She's so sweet. If you come into our living room, the, the people who had the house before us had a cream-colored carpet, and there's just random darker spots, and they're all from Claudia, because the thunder goes, or there's a firework. She just yeah. pees. Yeah. Uh, and then... And then we have Annam, who is the dumbest dog in the world. I mean, this dog. Is... <laughs> oh, I've met Annam too. I have I have a different uh, nickname for Annam that I won't say on the show. Uh, but he, oh, he is just so stupid, and it's just like I, he. It's a matter of <laughs> that he's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, we used to joke like when we're like, oh, when we're gonna get another dog, I go, well, not till one of our dogs are dies off. I go, it'll either be Claudia because she's the oldest, or Anna because he's the dumbest. <laughs> I mean, yep. we'll look and he'll just be like sitting there and he's licking the wall. Don't know why. <laughs> he's he's just licking the wall and <laughs> yeah. or he doesn't know how to explain to us that he needs to go outside. <laughs> like my other dog, like, Natsu. Yeah, my pug. You I can kind of tell his different barks. Like mm-hmm. that bark means I want up. This bark means it's time to go outside. Right. Animal either just bark or he'll just stare at you until you figure it out. <laughs> oh and then what about natsu i mean what else can i say about natsu he is my <laughs> fat overweight pug uh i always joke that i hate the term rescue dog because even though natsu wasn't a rescue dog i feel like i rescued him anyway because he used to live in missouri <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty good one I like yeah that. uh but that's Half of my dogs came from Mississippi, so I guess I did the same thing. <laughs> but I just, but I just, I just took them from one part of hell and into another because I, I live in Alabama. <laughs> no, real, real quick about Natsu. Um, when Jesse and I were, we were engaged for my birthday. Jesse knew I always wanted a pug, and so she tried so hard to get one. And there was where we lived. There was a person who was breeding a pug for the first time, and so Jesse contacted them. We were the first to contact. We were going to get the pick of the litter. But the and she Jesse told me she because she was super excited because she wanted me to help choose which one we wanted since it was gonna be my dog, um, but then this dog ended up not being able to get pregnant. Mm. So then Jesse felt real bad because she already told me that was my gift. So we looked and looked and finally found one in Joplin, Missouri because pugs are expensive. <laughs> mm-hmm. So since it was the first litter, we were gonna get a good deal like two hundred and fifty dollars, yeah. which is cheap for a pug. That that is very cheap. Yeah, all of my dogs were like twenty bucks, which is way too much for these <laughs> dogs. <laughs> but we ended up going to Joplin, Missouri, to get Natsu because she found this breeder, and it kind of fit. Like when Jesse showed me the picture of, like the first picture of Natsu, like oh, it was like a group of pugs, and she goes, "Which one is?" And I'm like, "Oh, which one is ours?" She goes, "Oh, the one that's falling on his face." <laughs> like <laughs> perfect, perfect. He'll fit right in. Yep. But it's so funny because you look at it and I'm like, we almost end up with a different pug, but I could not imagine having another dog. Like, Natsu just fits oh, in perfectly. Yep. He's he's a good dog. He's a good boy. Yeah. Um, maybe we should change the question. Well, well let's make it a, uh, you can answer either question. What is your favorite breed of dog or what is the favorite dog you've ever had? And, like, tell us a brief story about him. Yeah, there uh-huh. we go. Let me type that in so I don't forget. What is your favorite type of dog or... Who what the favorite dog you've ever owned? Your favorite, dog um, and like a brief story about them. Ever owned with? All right, that is that. So yeah, so remember you can answer this question. Don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at Pokemon Snapshot, or you can send us an email at the Pokemon Snapshot at gmail dot com. We also have a Facebook page, so look us up there as well. Also, leave us a rating on your listening app of your choosing, so other Pokemon fans such as yourself can find the podcast. All right, Josh, this one was kind of a long one, so let's just... Yeah, it was really long. <laughs> let's just end it right here. And so remember, please join us next week when we will be watching Pokemon Paparazzi. Yeah.